0: Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 is the verse that we're going to be reading from. Nehemiah 2, verse 17 to 18, and then Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6. Nehemiah 2, 17 to 18, and Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 to 18. It reads as follows. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And we will no longer be a disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. They replied, Let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Chapter 4, verse 6 So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their heart. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. The book of Nehemiah is a historical book of the Old Testament that describes the rebuilding of the city walls around Jerusalem. Nehemiah that we are reading about was serving as a cupbearer to the Persian king by the name of Artaxerxes. This was in the year 444 BC. And then he received this distressing call about his native land. He's told how things are back at home, how bad things are, how things are being destroyed. The Bible tells us that he left his post went back to his country to involve himself in the work of rebuilding. Things at home were really bad. The city had been ruined. The wall had been burned with fire. And the project that the people had started on to rebuild the city and to rebuild its temple had gotten destructed and halted. And as you read this story, you'll note that from the onset of this project of rebuilding, there was excitement in people about the rebuilding of the wall, but most of all, the rebuilding of their lives. The morale of the people was high, but as building processes go, the process of building was quite slow and very tiring. But because it takes a lot of time and effort to build than to destroy, the people were getting tired and they were getting discouraged. Even more, the people, even in spite of what they were doing, there were those who were detractors. There were those who were mocking. There were those who were scoffing that the project of restoration will not be completed. But Nehemiah, rose to the challenge and he motivated and mobilized his community to fold its sleeves and to get themselves busy and join hands in the work of rebuilding. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. Embracing the spirit of a rebuilder. Nehemiah himself set himself on a path to rekindle the passion of the people, that the people can rebuild and the people can commit themselves to the project of the rebuilding in spite of the obstacles that are in front of them. I'd love to challenge all of us as we are watching this program this morning that maybe you and I can become the Nehemiahs of our time. And the Bible tells us in verse 4, Chapter 4, verse 6, the people decided to roll up their sleeves and rebuild their cities and also rebuild their lives. Chapter 4, 6 says, so we rebuild the wall till all it reached its height for the people worked with all their hearts. I love the New American Standard Bible. It says, for the people had the mind to work. The Bible in basic English says the people were hardworking. The New Living Translation says, and the people worked with enthusiasm. See, as we reflect on this story of Nehemiah, I think in the back of our minds, let's think about what we have seen just the last few days. It doesn't take a lot really to destroy To be able to destroy something that has taken years to build, it can just go up in smoke in a split second like that. But when you look at what happened in the time of Nehemiah, and I believe there are many of us who are Nehemiahs in our country, we desperately need to learn the things that we see Nehemiah do. Unfortunately, what we have seen on TV and social media the last few days has been very disturbing the looting, the banning of property, even more sad, the loss of people's lives. It is making us to ask ourselves, is this the people that we are? And I must say, I don't think so. I don't think we as South Africans, that's the kind of people that we are. We witness sadly the breaking down of things that have taken many years to build. Some people witnessed their places of employment going up in smoke. Their lives and livelihoods being severely affected. But in the midst of all of this, there are women, there are men who have risen up in our communities and they have embraced the spirit of Nehemiah to become rebuilders. These women and these men are echoing and demonstrating The words of Nehemiah, when he says in chapter 2, verse 7, come, let us rebuild. They are appealing to you and me through their actions to embrace the spirit of rebuilding. These men and these women are calling us to be rebuilders. And so I want us to join them this morning as we commit ourselves to be the rebuilders. Remember on this day, we are celebrating even the birthday of our former president, the first democratic president of this country, the late Nelson Mandela. And we remember the work he put into rebuilding this country. And so today, today we want to declare that the happenings of the last few days are not what we are known for. We are known as a people who, in spite of our challenges, In spite of our problems, we carry the spirit of rebuilders. What do we learn from Nehemiah? Well, we note when we read this book of Nehemiah, the first thing that Nehemiah did when he heard about what's going on, he went on his knees and he started to pray. It says there in chapter 1 verse 3, they said to me, those who survived the exile... And are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken, its gates have been burnt with fire. Now, note verse 4. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I'd like us to take a few minutes to pray before the God of heaven. I want to lead you into prayers and prayer points where we want to pray different things. If I can give you some of the things that you also can pray for at your own ledger. Praying for businesses that have lost their assets. Praying for families that have lost their jobs. Praying for the challenging times of unrest. Praying as well for the increase of solidarity among us as South Africans. We pray also for the much-needed peace and unity we need. Also pray, of course, for the police and the army personnel that's around. We want to pray also for the families who have lost their loved ones due to violence. I'm just giving you the points you can pray for. We want to pray as well for peace and calm. We want to also pray to drive down the COVID-19 infection rates. The program of, of, of vaccination was just getting momentum and it has been rudely disturbed by what has happened. We also want to pray as well for those who are struggling because of COVID-19. There are people who are still losing their lives, families who are losing their loved ones. We are praying as well for strength for those who are intervening, those men and women who are intervening in this. Whatever sector they, pray, they come from, we pray for them. And we want to bring them before God in prayer. And so right now, I'm going to ask you to join me at home as I lead you in some prayers. I'm going to ask you to pray with me and to follow me in this prayer. As I pray, listen to the prayer. Agree with it in your heart. First of all, we want to pray. That God will give our leaders wisdom in this time. Leading in times of crisis is not easy. It's a difficult time. Because whatever decisions we make affects the lives of the people. So join me as I pray this morning. Father God, we pray. And bring our leaders before you leaders of our nation, leaders of all sectors, from government leaders to traditional leaders, community leaders, religious leaders, those women and men who lead in their families, in their home, leaders who are leading in street committees. We pray that you'll give them a discerning heart. We pray that you'll give them wise minds. We come before you and ask you that you will give these leaders in our nation the right direction. We pray that you will remove wrong people that are corrupt. People who are living against your word. Those who are in influential positions who carry a spirit of destruction. We pray that you will remove them in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, God, knowing that leaders cannot do things without you, but with you they can do all things, and that no plan of yours can ever be restrained. We pray in the name of Jesus that you direct their lives, and that they will live purposefully, and that in every circumstance they will follow your leading. We pray for our leaders that you'll give them the wisdom to understand the difficulties along the path. Allow our leaders to feel your presence and see your hand that directs them in the midst of these troubles. We pray that you bless them with the confidence that comes from you, with the boldness that comes from you, that they will be unfazed in the, in the midst of difficulties. Knowing that your plans will prosper, O God. Our Heavenly Father, it is you who sets the boundaries of leadership. And it is you who gives people strength in service. And so we ask you, give our leaders, the wisdom and the courage, the insight at this time of uncertainty and this time of challenge. Help them as well as they exercise authority. They do so in a proper way and that they will defend the principles of freedom, love, tolerance. Give them strength to protect and safeguard the innocent. Grant them, I pray, clarity of vision, to give guidance in these times. We pray that there will be men and women of justice and peace. And we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We want to pray again against a spirit of disorder and unrest. You know, disorder and unrest, as you will hear me talk about it a bit later, can be a spirit that grabs hold of people. That they go on this trajectory of destruction and people can't stop. We pray that God will help us in that regard. Let us pray. Father, we pray against anything in our country that leads us to a state of disorder or unrest. We pray that we, as citizens of this country, will recognize what is of worth and we will recognize what we need to care for and look after. We pray that we as citizens of this nation, we will not agree with a spirit of destruction. Help us that even in our pain, even in our disagreements, even when we are in need to use peaceful and proper means to address the issues of concern. And so we pray God against those who are working to stir up trouble, We pray against syndicates. We pray against private meetings. We pray against those who poison the community. Those who want to bring harm in this land, in this nation. We pray that you'll help us God to work together in harmony. We pray God for calmness in our nation. Your word says that you rule in the kingdom of mortals. Your word says the earth and everything therein belongs to you. We are only but stewards of what you have granted us, including this nation. Lord God Almighty, let there be calmness in our nation. We pray that we know that sudden terrors and things that come this way cause people in the nation to be filled with anxiety. Lord, help us to focus on you Because you are the one who is able to grant us peace. We pray for your divine intervention in the name of Jesus. We also remember everlasting father. Those in our nation who are vulnerable and needy. We pray that you will deliver our people from the cycle of poverty. We pray God for those who have disabilities. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. We pray that you will help them to live with dignity. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for those who are fearful, those who feel isolated. We pray that you will be their strong defense in these times of need. We pray that you will grant us the compassion to minister to them. We pray that you will help us as your people to reach out a helping hand towards them. And so we pray finally, Father, that in all these things you give us an understanding beyond measure. That you give us your knowledge which brings perfect peace. That you teach us, O oh God, to walk in your wisdom. We pray that even as we endeavor to rebuild this country, you will give us steps so that our steps will be steps to rebuild. Direct our thoughts. Direct our efforts that we will make the right choices and this is what we pray for in the name of Jesus Christ and everybody said amen and amen and amen. I believe we as a people, we are able to rally together and we are able to do something even in this time of crisis. We don't only pray but we do something. So the first thing Nehemiah did was to pray. The second thing that Nehemiah did was to go out and encourage people to be involved in the work of rebuilding. Look at chapter 2, verse 17, the first part. Chapter 2, verse 17, the first part. It says, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Come, let us rebuild. See, the work of rebuilding is going to involve every one of us. Regardless of who you are, there's a commitment that you can make and a contribution that we can make. We should commit ourselves to become rebuilders and not destroyers. It really has been very encouraging to see the community stand up and defend property, to see the community involving themselves in cleanup campaigns. See, it takes a lot of work to build than to destroy. Building needs a willing heart. Building needs a people who will stay for the long haul. Building needs sacrifice. Building means you put others before yourself. Building means you get involved yourself in spite of what others are doing. And this is the spirit that we are known for, as we have seen some of these images on our television and on social media. Men and women who are involved in building. But you see, building is part and parcel of the nature of God. When the Holy Spirit of God comes upon a people, he prompts us to become rebuilders. When Jesus quoted Isaiah chapter 61, which I want to read to you. It's quite amazing how he links the presence of God that comes upon his lives and the spirit to be a rebuilder. So you can see that rebuilding and building is part and parcel of the nature of God. This is what God wants to do. Building is part and parcel of what you are hardwired to do as an individual. This is what God has built us to do. Listen what it says in Isaiah 61 from verse 1. It reads as follows. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that abound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Now note verse 4. And they shall build the old ways, They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. May that be your portion, my sister and my brother. May it be what God anoints you to do when the Spirit of God comes upon us. The presence of God is known to be the presence that makes us to be rebuilders. And God has hardwired you and I to be rebuilders. In Isaiah 58... Listen what God says in verse 12. He says, Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called repairer of the bridge, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. Let that be your name. Let it be something that you are known for, that you are a builder and not a destroyer. That you are a repairer and not someone who destroys. It's quite interesting that expression, the repairer of the bridge. Some translation says, the repairer of the broken wall. This phrase actually, when you read it, it actually talks about somebody who is a fortifier of the bridge. Someone who builds up the bridge that's made of the wall of the city and either By lapse of time, or it's something that they do as a matter of course. Being a repairer of the bridge, therefore, requires more than just rebuilding. Listen carefully. It requires strengthening the area where the bridge has occurred. See, a bridge is a gap in a wall, it's a gap in a barrier or a defense. In warfare or agriculture, a a, a bridge is a place where the enemy comes in to destroy or even where the ship break out and get lost. So it's one of those spots, therefore, that's the weak spot. And so it's a place where God says he will help us to be repairers of the bridge. So what it means is this. We have come to that point where something has seeped in. Something has broken the wall. We saw things happen that have shocked all of us. We were surprised at what is going on. But thank God for the spirit of Nehemiah on you. Thank God for the spirit of God on you. That God can help you and I to be the repairers of that breach. God can help you and I to be watchmen and watchwomen. God can help us to be those who are prepared to repair the work and to go to the weak areas, and to be able to mend what has been broken. But being a repairer of the bridge requires diligence. It requires a serious inspection. Yes, it's true, there are many things we need to address in our nation. There could have been underlying things that have allowed our people to do what they are doing. But you see, you and I, we become those people who are repairers of the bridge. And we can do all of this to prevent the enemy from having opportunity to prevent us from getting on with our goal and our mission. Thirdly, Nehemiah was challenged by cynical people, Sanballat and Tobiah. It says in chapter 2, verse 19 and 20, when Sanballat, the honorite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, And Geshem the Arab heard about it. They mocked and ridiculed us. They said, what is this thing that you are doing? They asked. Verse 20. I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. His servants will start building. The God of heaven will give us success. You see, God is a God who repairs. God is a God who rebuilds. God is a God who gives success. But God is looking for somebody who will say, here am I, Lord. Use me as a vessel. Use me as a channel. Use me as an instrument to be able to build. It says even when we're in the midst of dealing with these challenges, God will help us to be able to succeed. Don't join yourself to destroy us. Join yourself to build us. Don't allow yourself to be used as a vessel and as a tool to destroy what's there. Be one of those who say, I'm going to be the Nehemiah of our time. And I'm going to be able to build. And then it says, I love it when you read, Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15 and 16, as I close, it says, So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. See, building takes a while. Building needs people who have staying power. Building needs people who are willing to stay until the long haul. Building is a process. Sometimes when you build, it looks like you are not making any success. Think about it. With all the businesses that have gone down, the shops that have been destroyed, the malls that have gone down, what about the small businesses that have been interrupted, the income of people that has been interrupted, everything that has been interrupted, it's going to take a while for us to get our momentum back. But I want you to know, God is on our side. Note what it says there. It says, so the wall was completed on the 25th of Ethul in in 52 days. Verse 16, when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and they lost self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. I'm here to tell you that God is going to help us to be able to rebuild. But God is looking for somebody who will say, I will be the Dehemiah of my time. I will be one of those who will come and say, Here am I, God, use me. As I close, I want you to close with me with this prayer. Follow me in this prayer as we pray and as we come before the Lord. We commit ourselves as a people today to say, God, we are going to be the Dehemiahs of our time. Follow me in this prayer as we pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you today as I commit myself to be a builder and not a destroyer. I come before you today as I commit myself to embrace the spirit of a rebuilder, as I come before you today, I commit myself that you will use me as a vessel and as a channel to stretch out my hand and lift up my hand to help others. Thank you for who you are. We give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name. Let me take time just to pray for you. You know, in a time like this, we need to connect with God. You're watching at home right now, and when you look at your life, you realize that your life is totally not connected with God. And you realize that you need Jesus Christ in your life to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. I want to pray with you this morning. If you want to invite Christ into your life, if you want Jesus to come into your heart and to be the Savior and the Lord of your life, He is the only one who's able to change you. The only one who can give you peace. There are many promises that our world gives us. Many promises of peace and stability. But only God is able to give the heart of a person true peace and true joy. Will you join me in the prayer as I pray right now? Pray with me at home. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give my life to you. I present my life to you. Jesus, I believe on you. That you died for me. And you were raised from the dead because of my sin. Right now, I invite you to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, make me a child of God. Change me and transform me and make me a new person. Forgive me for all my sins and make me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen.